Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church, Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Woo! Woo! Hey, uh, good morning. It's great to see you. It's really good. There's some faces that we haven't seen in a while. It's so good to have you back in the hoose in the, here at the church. So welcome to all of you. Um, I'm going to jump right in. One of the goals of this series, we've been going through uh, looking at spiritual gifts. It's called Unwrapped. And one of the goals uh, is not only to teach on spiritual gifts, but uh, we have the goal of for all that would want to, of getting as many people involved test driving the gifts, if you will, uh, uh, or maybe it's a case of dusting off gifts that may have gone dormant uh, uh, in your life. Um, in the vineyard, we say a lot, everyone gets to. Right? Yeah, I was with feeling. Uh, but what I've learned over the years is that not everyone wants to play. And uh, so this morning, I'll let you know right now, one of my hopes is that, uh, again, for those that would want to, that we'd get as many people as possible involved either getting prayer praying for someone, uh, or just observing someone getting prayer. Don't worry, uh, we're not going to try to twist your arm or manipulate you, but I want you to know right now that we are going to give you that opportunity, and we will invite you, uh, we'll invite you into that. And right now I want to invite you to join me in praying a simple little prayer that I would encourage you to pray this prayer uh, you know, on your way to our weekend gatherings, on your way to your small group, if you go to a small group, or really, it's, this is a, just a great prayer to pray every day. Why don't we throw that up? Let's pray this prayer together. Bing! Ready? Lord, please awaken me to your presence and show me how you want to use me today. Amen. Let's do that again. Lord, please awaken me to your presence and show me how you want to use me today. Amen. Okay, we heard you, so now we've got it in writing. Uh, but again, later on the service, after worship, when we pray for others, I'm going to invite as many of you as possible to be involved. Okay, so as we've been in this series looking at spiritual gifts, we've broken them down into three categories. The first week was uh, the eyes of God. Then last weekend, Heather did the, uh, the mouth of God. And if you missed that, I thought it was excellent, super helpful uh, uh, of, of looking at some gifts that can be quite controversial sometimes. So check it out if you missed it, vcdc.org. Uh, today we're going to be looking at the hands of God. And the three gifts in that area are gifts of faith, healing, and, uh, and miracles. And these three gifts are commonly known as the power gifts because they really demonstrate the power of God over the elements, the power of God over disease, over demons, uh, over death, really over uh, everything. So we're going to jump right in. The first one is the gift of faith. And <coughs> excuse me, when we talk about faith, uh, I want to look at it this way. I want to look at it uh, that there are two different kinds of faith. There is saving faith and then there is the gift of faith. And before we break those down a little bit more, uh, I first want to define just the word faith. What is faith? Is it just a great George Michael song that was written in the 80s? Okay, some of you. Okay, warming, the up, warming up the audience or not. Okay, what is faith? Here is the definition of faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence 
in what we hope for and an assurance about what we do not see. Think of this verse in the Bible, we walk by faith and not by sight. There's something, when I think of faith, I think faith is very mysterious to me. Faith is a strange concept to me because really what faith is, is it's both a confidence and an assurance of something that we don't yet fully have, of something that we don't yet uh, fully see. So when I say saving faith, really, to be accurate, saving faith is, saving faith is also a gift. Like if you're here today or, and you would say, I, I don't think I'm a Christian. Or I'm, you know, I'm not a follower of Jesus. I wouldn't call myself that. Understand this and the whole thing of being a Christian. Jesus not only invites you to believe in him. He not only invites you to follow him, to trust in him. But he also helps you do all those things. Saving faith really is a, it's a gift that enables a person. That enables you, enables me to believe that everything in the Bible really is true. Right? Saving faith is a confidence, it's an assurance that, that I really am saved. Meaning, I really am, uh, my relationship with God has been made right. There's nothing between us anymore. I really have been forgiven for all my sins. Um, I really have been adopted into his massive family. Uh, I really do get to spend every day of my life with him. And then when I die, I get to go and spend eternity with him in Narnia, of course. And, and all of that is a gift that can't be earned. It's a gift that can only be received through faith, saving faith. Ephesians 2.8 says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast. Saving faith. Okay, the gift of faith is similar to saving faith, but, it's, but where it's different is it's different in, in the degree of faith. Uh, here's a definition for saving uh, the gift of faith. The gift of faith is an unshakable conviction given by God that he is going to act supernaturally in a particular situation. The gift of faith is both a confidence and an assurance that God can do anything. No matter the circumstance, no matter the size of the need, no matter the, you know, the level of resistance, God can do anything. And I think of, of a song that I'm pretty sure I grew up singing. I know uh, the kids will be singing it this morning, but remember the song, My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. <laughs> all right boy you get extra mints whoever said that it's a little gift but but really that's great theology we're teaching the kids because we're talking that's a gift of faith there's nothing that my god can't do that's the gift of faith we see this in mark 5 where one of the jewish synagogue leaders jewish church leaders a guy named jairus he comes to jesus and he says oh boy jesus my daughter is dying you have to come and pray for my daughter. You have to you know, come and heal my daughter. And obviously this guy had heard all the wonderful stories about Jesus and how he'd been healing people. So Jesus goes with him. You know, they're on their way back to his house and on the way some people from his house come and say this. This is Mark 5.35. Messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them he overheard what they said and said to Jairus no way no way don't be afraid Jairus just have faith and imagine being that man at that moment there's Jesus there's the people that just gave him the report and Jesus is going going don't be afraid just have faith and he's like 
Just have faith. Don't be afraid. Do you hear what they just said? She's dead. It's over. This little story is over. And Jesus is saying, no, no, my friend, it's far from over. And I find it interesting when it says Jesus overheard them. The Greek word for overheard is parakuo. And it means to overhear, to hear amiss, to take no heed. So when Jesus heard this report, he took no heed of the report. It didn't, it didn't get him off, off course of where he was headed, what he was going to do. That's a picture of the gift of faith. It takes no heed of any challenge or any opinion against the ability of God to do something because it's convinced that there's nothing my God cannot do. Um, I came on staff here at VCDC back way back in 2008. Uh, remember when times were better? We just had a recession going on. It was really pretty easy <laughs> compared to now. Uh, but back in 2008, we, we still lived down in uh, Gehanna. And the plan, of course, was always to move up here to, to uh, Sunbury. And I remember uh, one day in early 2013, after the service, uh, there's a, there was a new subdivision just over behind Kroger. And I, I must have driven through there because I saw a bunch of show homes. And uh, there was one that I liked, and so after the service, totally on a whim, I said, uh, my wife Helen and I, I said, hey, let's go, let's go check one of those houses out. And uh, we went and looked at it, and of course, who doesn't like a new house? Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Helen was like, woo, like she was totally in love with this house. And, but I remember standing in that house going, yeah, this is really nice, but there's no way we can afford uh, this house. But I remember when we left that house, we talked to a sales lady afterwards for a bit, but when we walked out of the house, I was aware of this, of something in my gut, of a, of a, of a feeling of, of like a, a feeling of confidence or like this deep knowing. I, it certainly wasn't a feeling I had when I walked into the house. It was when I walked out, there was this sense of knowing and, a, and this sort of this understanding or deep knowing inside that we're going to buy a house in this subdivision. And uh, the crazy thing was, there were so many reasons why that wasn't possible. One, uh, the, lady, uh, the, the, the lady that worked at the subdivision, or you know, the, the sales lady had said that there's only one lot left, and there's a lineup of people to look at it. But when I heard that, this thing didn't waver. There was still this, yeah, okay, we're going to buy a house here, like this deep knowing. And then, uh, to top it off, we'd, we had just sold our house in Gehanna, again, 08, 09, and we not only lost our equity, we owed money, which is really a nice thing to do when you, <laughs> when you sell a house, but even that, didn't, I didn't lose this confidence, this assurance inside. I still had this deep peace that made no sense when everything around me said, this is not possible. There's no way that this could happen. I think, if I remember correctly, we actually stopped looking anywhere else. We just were focused on that, on that possibility, even though we didn't see how it was going to happen. A couple weeks after we sold our house, out of nowhere, I get this email from a law office in uh, England. My wife is born in, in, Helen is born in London, England, and we get this email saying that one of her relatives had passed away and uh, um, that Helen was in the will. And I thought, well, what a coincidence. And as it turned out, we received just enough money 
for a, you know, a, a down payment for that house, and it be, suddenly became very affordable for us. And you know, I can remember, it took me a while to clue in. I'm not always the sharpest knife in the drawer, but when, when I sort of put two and two together, I went, wait a minute, that, mm, that knowing, that thing inside, that wasn't just me holding on, wishful thinking, that was you, God. That really was you, that was a gift of faith. That was like this deep knowing inside that regardless of the situation, regardless of all that I saw, that, that it really was true that there's nothing that my God cannot do. So let me ask a question before we go to the next point. Who would say this morning, as you're sitting here, who would say that you have not just a belief, but you have a sense inside that God is with us this morning, and that because God is with us this morning, anything could happen today? Who would say you, you would feel that inside? Put your hand up really high because I want everyone to see it. Okay, now, that's awesome. You can put them down. So here's what I want you to understand about that. That's not just you having a good day. All week as I was preparing for this talk, I prayed, I said, oh Lord, would you release gifts of faith in the room? So those of you that put up your hand, I wanna ask you to do something as I continue talking up here. And not out loud, but could you just start praying? Okay, Lord. You've given me a gift of faith. Could you just start praying more? More, Lord. What, what do you want to do today? We, we welcome whatever you want to do today. Just let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Could you just commit to pray that in your mind? I mean, don't pray it out loud because that could get a little distracting. But, but I w- just want to ask those of you that raise your hand to do that. Awesome, because I believe that is a gift of faith. Okay, number two, gift of healing. <clears throat> Here's a definition for gift of healing. The gift of healing is God's supernatural action to bring a sick person physical, emotional, or spiritual health. And when you look at the ministry of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, healing was a huge part of what Jesus did as he went about his, each day. Um, um, uh, over and over what we would see Jesus do, he'd go into a town or there'd be a big old crowd around him and what we'd see him do over and over and over through the Gospels is, is he would start to tell about the kingdom of God. Let me tell you what the kingdom of God is like. Right? But, the, but, but the, the, our faith is just, it's not just a faith of words and ideas. Our faith is a faith of action. And so he wouldn't just tell about the kingdom. He would always follow it up to then show or demonstrate you know, here's what I told you it looks like, and let me show you. Let me show you what, what it looks like. It, what's, it's what Jesus did over and over, and it's what he taught the disciples to do. Uh, Luke 9, verse 1 says, One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. There it is. Tell and show. Tell and show. It's what Jesus did. It's what he taught the disciples to do. And it's what he invites us into. And one of the primary ways that we show is through healing. I think healing is unique because healing is such a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God. But it's such a beautiful, really it's a beautiful taste of the kingdom of God. We don't, we don't experience fully the kingdom of God now. Uh, but one day we will, but right now we do get taste. And let me give another plug for Andrew's uh, equip class. If you're sitting there going, man, they're always talking about the kingdom of God. Or if you're sitting there thinking, why do some people get healed and why do some people not get healed? 
Well, then I want to challenge you, invite you to sign up for Andrew's class on, on uh, Tuesday the 29th, and Andrew will answer any and every question you have uh, about the kingdom of God, maybe, setting them up. But, but there's something beautiful about healing. Healing is a taste. It's a picture of the kingdom of God. It's a picture of the heart of God towards humans, meaning God wants to make broken people whole again. That's the heart of God. He's a rescuing God. He's a redeeming God. He's a, he's a, a, a God who loves to relieve pain, to relieve burdens, to relieve confusion, to, you know, to, re, to relieve any of the hardship struggles we have. And there's something happens. There's something happens when you see someone get touched by God that way, somebody get healed, or when you get healed. And, and what I mean is it awakens us. It sort of you know, awakens us out of our, out of our dull uh, uh, you know, earthbound sleep, meaning it awakens us to the reality, goodness, to the power and presence of God. Like, wait a minute. He really is real. Like, he really is with us. And it's one of the reasons why we uh, always want to make time when we gather to pray for each other, and especially to pray for the sick. I, you know, <coughs> I was raised in the church, but when you talk about praying for the sick, that wasn't something that we really ever did, or at least I certainly wasn't aware of it. And um, when I was 18, I was traveling around uh, New Zealand with some hobbits, and uh, they're great cooks. But I, was, but I went to this church where they, at the end of the service, they invited lots of people forward for prayer. And they especially invited sick people. If you're here this evening, if you're sick, come on up. You know, and I, again, this is all new to me, and I'm watching it, and they're laying hands on people, and, and they're praying for people. And I can remember watching that thinking, Man, that looks strange. That looks kind of weird. And, but at the same time, there was something in me went, but, it, but there's something really cool about this. But then I also remember thinking this, watching these people get prayer, and you know, I thought, I didn't know we could do that. Right? It's like, it's like you know, we've got a garage full of tools, but I didn't know we could use them. I didn't know we could actually go, really? <laughs> like we can actually go grab one of these bad boys and try it out? But that was something that really captured me. So after that service, I went home to where I was staying, and uh, that night I went to bed, and I was just lying there, processing all that I'd seen that evening, thinking, you know, it was so strange, but there's something just amazing about it. And as I was thinking about that, all of a sudden this thought just floated through my mind. And the thought was... Uh, Hey, why don't you, why don't you pray for your mom's arthritis? You know, and I'm getting into bed there in New Zealand, time difference. My mom was back in Western Canada, already asleep. And she, for many years, had had, uh, she had chronic, uh, well, you know, she had arthritis in her wrist, and it was chronic pain. And I remember, you know, that idea just kept going through my mind. And I thought, well, okay. And, and you know, I felt kind of foolish. I'd never done anything like that before and so I remember well they they laid hands so I remember lying in bed and I grabbed my wrists and I said a very simple little prayer I said well uh okay God uh, would you please heal mom's wrist and you know let me say this about praying for the sick or praying for healing like it doesn't matter the if your prayer is powerful you know if if you've got a Morgan Freeman voice, I wish we all did. <laughs> We'd probably respect each other a bit more. But it doesn't matter how powerful or eloquent your prayer is. It has, it has really ver nothing 
to do with your prayer. It all has to do with who you're inviting to come. It's all the power and the presence of God, but God is a good, good father, and he loves to say, no, you get in here with me. Let's do this together. So why don't you just, just pray? Pray for that person to be healed, right? But it's not the prayer. It's, 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 it doesn't have to be eloquent. It can be as simple as, as anything, and I prayed that little prayer. I went to sleep, and a f- few days later, I uh, uh, collect call to my parents. Remember, collect calls. Do you accept the charges? Send money. Send money. Don't accept. Just send money. But uh, if you remember doing that, but um, you remember that. But I, uh, well, I'm talking to my parents, and I said, I told them what I, I told them about this church service, and I said, hey, and uh, and mom, I prayed for you, and <clears throat> and she said, when I told her that I prayed for, her, she said, oh, Michael, that night. I woke, I woke up, and I sat up in bed, and all of a sudden I realized there was no pain in my wrist. <laughs> and I got off the phone, and I thought, what? What just happened there? Like, you really are real. You, you really are an active God. You, you really can heal someone. And you really do want to use someone like me who, you know, prayed the most pitiful, simple prayer. And, you know, for the record, last week I called my parents because I, I try to verify stories. I don't, you know. So I, and I asked my mom, hey, did you ever have pain again in that wrist? She said, no. It was gone. The arthritis was gone. I have never had, that's like 35 years ago. I've never had pain in that. And then, but also for the record, let me sort of end this section off. You know, since then, I've prayed for lots of people to get healed, and some have been healed. But many have not been healed, but they've had a sense of God's presence. They've felt comfort. They've been encouraged. Many people I've prayed for have not been healed, and they haven't felt anything. Some of the people I've prayed for actually got sicker, which is really encouraging. But I, so I don't know if everyone, I don't know if everyone will be healed when we pray. That's God's call. But we are going to pray and continue to pray like everyone can be healed. I believe the Bible tells us our job is to pray. So, uh, one more thing. I know, you know, I know of some people that do have this gift, the gift of healing. And one of the consistent themes, the common denominators for all of them, is that they, the way they discovered that they have this gift, the gift of healing, it wasn't through some big you know, emotional experience. The way that they discover that they have the gift of healing is they just started praying for lots and lots and lots of people. So again, that's one of the reasons why we are always making space and we're always inviting whoever wants to to get involved to get prayer or to pray. Uh, Gift of healing, number three, gift of miracles. Um, You know, when I was thinking about the gift of miracles, I thought, I would say it's pretty fair to say that everything we've been talking about with spiritual gifts, these are all miraculous I think it's miraculous that we're here today and we're all alive and, you know, but, but let, me, let me get into looking at the gift of miracles. Here's a definition. The gift of miracles is when God uses a human to accomplish a miracle by his divine power. And the Bible's full of lots of miracles where, you know, God's parting the Red Sea and, you know, all these amazing things. But then when we see the gift of of miracles in the Bible. It, it refers more to when God is partnering with one of his kids. He does it through one of his sons, one of his daughters. And so we see, you know, healings, deliverances. We see multiplication of food, you know, raising the dead, authority over the elements, a, a changed life. 
I think that's one of the most miraculous things we see is a, is a changed life. In the New Testament, we see stories of uh, Peter and Paul who were like, or they weren't like, they were apostles, leaders in the early church. And there's stories where they, you know, they'd be walking down the street and their shadow would fall on a crippled person or a sick person you know, sitting on the street. And just their shadow falling on them would heal them. Which is just, that's miraculous. Or there's stories of people would actually take a handkerchief that one of them, Peter or Paul, that one of them had used. This is pre-COVID. <laughs> but they would take a handkerchief. <laughs> hey, hey, give me that. You know, that, But they would take that handkerchief and they would take it and, they would, and the sick person would touch it and they would be healed. You know, so there's a box of Kleenex. Let's, no, we're not going to do that this morning. Okay. So that's in the Bible. But let me ask this question. So do miracles still happen today? Whoa, wow, you guys are, that's, yes, totally, totally. But here's something that I have found interesting over the years of, of reading books, of listening to podcasts, of, you know, of, of just, of, you know, hearing speakers, etc. Typically, the, the, the miracles that are going on today, uh, more often than not, are happening in third world countries. More often than not, they're happening in places where, you know, there's great poverty or, or, or great need. And, you know, and this is just a thought, but it makes me wonder, living in a land, living in the land where we do, where we have unimaginable resources and comforts compared to most of the planet, I sometimes wonder if we don't see much because we just don't think we need very much. I wonder if we don't see much because we have so many other places to run before Jesus. Just a thought. But I believe they do happen now, and I believe they can happen here. I believe they can happen through, through you, and I believe it because Jesus said that they would. Mark 16, 15 says, and then Jesus told them, <clears throat> go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Tell. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, <clears throat> but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Show. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. <clears throat> they will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it will hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Tell and show. Tell and show. And one of the primary ways that God shows is through miracles is through healings, it's through spiritual gifts. It's one of the reasons why we're doing this series. We wanna stir this up in our hearts and in our minds. And one of the things we've been learning in this series is when we're looking at spiritual gifts, the Bible says, <clears throat> the Bible says, this is something that you, uh, that you need to want, right? We're told to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And then as we, you know, as we start to use spiritual gifts, the Bible tells us, you, you, you know, when you, it's like when you get a sense of this tool in your hand, you gotta start using it every chance you get. Um, Paul challenges Timothy, this young pastor, regarding his gifts. He says this in 1 Timothy 1. For this reason, I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us <clears throat> does not make us timid, but gives us power Love and self-discipline. Uh, the worship team is hopefully lingering somewhere. There they are. You guys can start getting set up. 
just going to end off with this, that whole thing of fanning into flame. Again, that's an, another reason why we always make time to pray and we always invite people to get, to, God, to get involved. Because this is a great way to fan into flame the gifts God's given you, just to go up and start praying for someone. It also, it's interesting to me that Paul makes a point of saying, when he talks about this gift that Timothy had received, he makes a point of saying, you received this gift through the laying on of hands. Now, obviously, these are spiritual gifts. The, you know, the, the source of these gifts, the deliverer of these gifts, if you will, it's totally the Holy Spirit. But God loves to work with, in, through his kids. And so there's something, and, and, the, and I believe the word is imparting, that we can lay hands on people and we can impart gifts. That's what it's teaching here. Um, okay, before we worship, I would like to, if you could throw up that prayer we started with, that little prayer. I want to pray that prayer one more time. Bing. Awesome. Okay. Could we pray this together? Why don't we stand up as we go back into worship? And again, as we, as we, as we worship, if you get a picture or a word or you think God stirs something in you that you think is for the, for the group, Come on over here. Andrew's over here. I'll be over on this side. Just come talk to us, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk it through. And, and, uh, so please do that. But let's pray this prayer, and then we'll go back into worship. Let's pray. Lord, please awaken me to your presence and show me how you want to use me today. Amen. Lord, I ask... Uh, for hundreds and hundreds of years, generations of, of men and women, young and old, you have faithfully awakened people to your presence. You faithfully empowered us to be the people you want us to be, and I ask that you would come and do that. Come do for us what we could never do for ourselves. Come stir in hearts today awaken us to your presence and show us how you want to use us in jesus name amen let's worship well thanks so much for joining us today i hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with jesus for more information and to contact us go to vcdc.org we'll bless you have a wonderful week